Cape Talk. Plan B with Rebecca Davis. Don't waste my time. I want to spend it on Rebecca. <laughs> I was looking through one of the news websites and, and I saw the headline of a story. I didn't have time to, to click on it. Saying, why, are we making ser- why is television making serial killers so sexy? They really are. Are That's they? no lie. You click onto Netflix these days. I don't know about the other channels, but there is just this raft of programming at the moment about serial killers. In the mind of a serial killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, and then various other shows about individual instances of killers and kidnappers and the rest of it. And, you know, these shows all have one thing in common, and that is that they devote this kind of obsessive focus to the serial killer in question, which is nothing new, I should say. And I think there is something that we all find vaguely fascinating about serial killers, and that is this, you know, eternal human question of what what makes someone evil, what drives them to perform these terrible, terrible deeds. But, you know, as somebody who has watched quite a lot of these shows, I must admit, John, I've come to the conclusion that actually the men at the heart of these crimes are very boring. They are these dudes who have been wounded in childhood in some way and spend the rest of their life trying to assert power over women in a criminal manner and then end up in jail. And when we continue to valorize them, to, oh, how fascinating, what is going on in the head of the dude? Well, it's always the same thing. It really is. It is just that simple. And we forget the victims. We spend no time on the stories of the women. It's just all about these dudes. And then, you know, not only do they get kind of validated through our fascination with their psyches, but there's also this incredibly strange phenomenon whereby women actually find them attractive. I mean, the Ted Bundy tapes are currently on Netflix, and there's been this kind of outpouring of compliments from women saying, gosh, that Ted Bundy, he's a bit of a looker, isn't he? First of all, he's not. I mean, he's quite average. (laughs) He really is quite mediocre, but again, there's this very ghoulish fascination that we have with these characters, and actually maybe there's a point where we should be saying... Should we be encouraging this? Should we be fostering, you know, the the, the, the kind of celebrity of killers? And uh, then a, a story which quite a few people have sent me a link to. And again, I haven't had time to click on the link, but um, that's one of the reasons why we invite you in every week, because you do click on these links. The Indian man who is suing his parents for giving birth to him. It's absolutely bizarre. Is it, though, John? Yes, of course it's bizarre. Okay. How can you possibly argue that it's not? His point is quite reasonable, which is that he never asked to be born. It's not It's not reasonable. He never asked to be born, and his point is that because he did not ask to be born, his parents should at the least be expected to support him financially for the rest of his life, given that they created him, and now what? He must just fend for himself. He didn't ask for this. So... This well, he's perfectly actually, entitled to take his own life. This is, this is, this is part of this... Um, philosophical school of thought called antinatalism, which has been widely explored by David Benatar, who was up until recently the head of the UCT philosophy department, that it is better not to have been born. That first of all, it's an entirely moral choice not to have children. That in fact, there is no good reason to have children. When you look at the environmental destruction children create when they grow into adults, when you look at the destruction that humans commit to other species, what are the good reasons for having kids? I ask you, John. I have children, so I I can tell you there are no good reasons to have children. Sorry, Simon. Sorry, Emma. They are not. And the point made is also that the idea that you might create a child who will one day be happy is not a good reason to create a child. And the idea that you might create a child who will one day be deeply unhappy is actually quite a good reason not to create a child. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's perfectly feasible to advance a very strong case 
for fewer people to exercise the choice to have a children, right. to have a child. The, I think that, that the chap in India is being slightly cheeky and that his, his broader intention is to just draw attention to the idea that perhaps having kids is not, you know, yeah. should not be a moral imperative. But what I loved most about this story was the response of his parents, John. His parent, his mother said in a Facebook statement, I must admire my son's temerity to want to take his parents to court, knowing both of us are lawyers, plot twist. If Raphael, that's his name, could come up with a rational explanation as to how we could have sought his consent to be born, I will accept my fault. And then very quickly, because we don't have a lot of because time... Because I'm liquid with sweat, John. <laughs> liquid. <laughs> Thank you for that, uh, Rebecca. Very quickly, what should one do for an instant lift if one is in a terrible glop? I read this online this week and I really liked it. If you are feeling out of control, that your life is just spiralling downwards, just very quickly open up your laptop, your computer, your phone, and send somebody a compliment via email. Not an yourself, somebody else. An emergency compliment. Say, hey, I was just thinking about you, and you know that joke you told two years ago? It's so funny, I still think about it. A sincere compliment. It will apparently instantly lift you out of your self-absorbed vortex, and you are creating an act of kindness and utility in the world. Apparently, which suggests that you haven't tried to put the Don't theory into practice as yet. I am a, just a fountain of compliments at all times, so this would be nothing out of the routine for me. Your new haircut, by the way, is just sensational. <laughs> okay, thank you very, very much, uh, Rebecca Davis. I'm sure that there will be a f an interesting perspective, a perspective which hardly any other journalist will take on the State of the Nation address on the Daily Maverick tomorrow, penned by Rebecca Davis.